Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back, as Lupe Fiasco would say, to the Run It Back podcast. We have been out on our feet for a couple of weeks and it has been extremely disappointing. I get it. You're upset. You might be a little bit angry, but don't worry. Sugar Snags are back in here. I'm bringing the boys to you as well. So before we get too far into it, ISO Chat with Snags is back today. Please hold your applause till we get through it. I'm not going to ask any questions as I usually do. We're just going to get straight into it. DL, producer DL, welcome back, my friend. How are we feeling? How are we? I'm excited that the potty's back. I'm also really excited uh, that the boys are all on the line. Little malfunction in the uh, the pod room. I would say sagas. We had <laughs> sagas in the pod room. <laughs> we had a few sagas, but uh, our roadcaster died. But the boys from Road hooked us up super quick and got us back on the air, which is great. The break was good. I probably have a little confession uh, oh, to, to drop. Didn't we do... Didn't, wasn't that a Stony segment at one stage? Confessions with Stony. We should have done Confessions with Stony. That's actually got <laughs> That's some. A good one. Anyway, roll through. That's, I want to hear That's it. got some legs. I probably didn't watch as much fights as uh, as you would expect a, a person on an MMA podcast to watch in a break. Um, oh, well, you so didn't have to do your research. I'm looking, at a, few, I'm looking at a few of the boys to get carried tonight. So <laughs> hopefully I can uh, they can help me out. But anyway, break was good. But before we get too far into it, I know there's a, a, a nice little segment coming up that's an old favourite, uh, so we won't dive in too much, but we've got a few COVID-related issues again in our great state of Victoria, so Stoney's disappeared to his house, about 200 metres up the road. Stoney, how are you? Good, mate. I actually think I can hear a double take from your echo, we're that close, It's um, but it's disappointing not to be in the same room, and... If you're looking for the boys to carry you this week, it's fine because we've been carrying sugar snags with our predictions and, and MMA-related knowledge for many months. So more than happy to give you a chop out, you know, once, DL. You've earned some Can credit. confirm. Can confirm. Perfect stitch up. Oh, is that it from you, Stoney? I thought you were going to keep going, brother. <laughs> Jesus, we've gone in early tonight, boys. Snags is back here. Uh, look, Stoney, appreciate it, mate. Uh, we're going to introduce our other co-host, uh, man with a fair bit of change. So probably hear about that in ISO Chat with Snags. Statman Kragos, how are we? Mate, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be back in the podcast room by myself, but I was seeing your beautiful faces. It's, it's lovely. Oh, cute. It's, um, it's all right, Deal. I've been watching a fair bit of MMA, so I should be able to keep you up to date with it. There's been about like six or seven events since we've last released a podcast which is kind of crazy. Um, huge changes in the world of the MMA. Another big event um, last weekend, uh, just gone the UFC 252, which we'll touch on, which we did submit picks for um, on our Instagram, officially licensed picks. So we'll, we'll go over them later and I'm excited. Awesome, boys. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's get this podcast rolling with a little ISO Chats with Snags. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Isaac Chapel Snags. I'll be your host, Sugar Snags, as per usual. Boys, welcome back to one of the most touted segments of our podcast. A bit of Isaac Chapel Snags. We're back in Isaac with a bit of a round two COVID going on, especially in Victoria. Uh, so the boys are back isolated. Uh, so we're just going to see what's been happening since last Isaac Chapel Snags. Might kick off with uh, Kragos. Some big moves lately, I hear, my friend. Yeah, mate. Physically and metaphorically and and cod-wise as well. A massive move physically to a new house. A massive move professionally. I've got a little bit of a job promotion, which is very exciting. Uh, and also, uh, cod-wise, my, my KD ratio is, is through the roof. So I've been able to put a few hours into 
ye old Warzone, my KD ratio has gone up from a 0.52 to a 0.92, closing in on that one KD ratio. Very exciting. I'm basically about to go pro. Uh, and then the multiplayer, <laughs> it's gone from a 0.7 to a point uh, to 1.5. So, you know, like this is, I'm I'm pretty much just an esports legend. At the moment, so, <laughs> okay. don't want to brag too much, but. I would say the, the two biggest things that happened in your life took up five seconds of that response and then your Call of Duty death ratio took up the, the next 68 minutes. It's, a, so. it, it's, it's you know, it, it's it, in there it with factors, the upper. It factors, it factors. <laughs> well, mate, you're carrying me and Dale as per usual in Warzone, so I think oh, yeah. Dale and I's uh, kill death ratio is minus 67 <laughs> um, and it'll probably stay that way, so I look forward to it. Uh, next up, we've got my boy, arch rival but secretly best friend, Stoney. How are we? Mate, doing, What's the update? doing really good. No Warzone down this way. Uh, I think back in my day, Warzone was a WWE game on PlayStation 1 and I was all about that. Uh, but no Call of Duty for, for Sony. Uh, it must be the season with uh, Craig and the new house. We're actually planning a little move of our own. So just going through the concept design phase. I think we've settled. We're you know, just going back and forth with the builder. So yeah, very exciting down here, trying to make the most of the situation, get a bit bit happening in an otherwise you know, fairly bleak end to the winter. Um, you know, like DL, haven't watched as much fights as I would have hoped. Haven't watched as much live sport as I would have hoped. But looking for, for a big turnaround in the coming weeks in that in that phase. Well, mate, the body's back, so get around it. I'm good to have you back as well. Good to see your face. Uh, next up, producer himself, DL. Tell the listeners, what's been going down? The theme of the podcast seems to be getting a new role at work. So I also got one of those, which t- takes up a little bit more extra time. Some of that producing stuff gets a little bit pushed to the side at the moment while I'm just adjusting. We've been in that role now for four to six weeks now, so I've got that balance right. So perfect time for the potty to come back. But it's given me an opportunity while the podcast was off and while ISO is happening is on my weekends, I've dug into a couple of little projects that I've got on the go. As the boys know on the podcast, I'm friends with a few musically gifted people. So I've actually dived into a few music producing projects, so which has been cool. Also, just dabbling on a side, doing a little bit of mentoring for some other podcasts as well, which has been cool. So, yeah, if you want to add my Warzone career onto that, it's uh, terrible. So, um, <laughs> the time off and ISO time is not helping uh, my play. Oh, uh, but it's good that the boys still want to have a go with me, so that's great. Many, many talents, as per usual. And Snags, mm. we can't forget about you. Uh, look, the listeners never forget about Snags, just like he never forgets about himself, guys. So, uh Look, theme at the moment, I think Stoney had the first promotion of the year. Kragos got the second. Dio got the third. Snags got one as well. But that that uh, promotion has taken me all the way to Melbourne. So I've made the big shift from Sydney to Melbourne with the fam. Uh, so we're living down here now. And we moved, actually, fun fact, fun stat, Craig. Uh, the day we got into our house was the day that they announced stage four lockdown. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know if that's, that's Victoria that, prepared. You told me that you got a job in Victoria. I went, huh. <laughs> How interesting, interesting for you. <laughs> I don't know whether they've gone a stiff, stiff cliff. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the state actually went stage four lockdown when they heard Snags was coming. <laughs> so it's not really about Corona conspiracy lock theory. The lock it, lock it up, mate. But uh, we're here and uh, mate, enjoying it so far. Beautiful neighbourhood I live in, and uh, excited to get around the boys again. And boys, one of those other new segments is right next. Run it back power rankings. Now, we've heard power rankings before. We see sports shows all the time. They put their power rankings up. It's simple concept, boys. 
simple concept. If you're trending in the MMA world for any reason whatsoever, you can qualify for the run it back power rankings. I'm open to suggestions from week to week. So I'm going to give you five out of the 10 that we'll have as a constantly running power rankings. As you are listening to our podcast and you think, Joe, what? I think I've got a perfect one for the boys. Shoot it through to us. And I'm sure this will come up during the podcast as well. Perfect power rankings that we can pop in. So boys, I'm going to skip one and two. So number three in our first addition to the power rankings of Run It Back, got Stipe. All the talk was around DC. Stipe fought a very, very smart fight. And I think it'll come up probably later on the podcast. There might be a little bit of talk about heavyweight goats. I'm going to put Stipe at number three. I'm going to skip number four. Skipping number four. I'm going to put him number five. What are you doing, Craig? <laughs> Sorry, it's my fault. I'm laughing at the thought of a heavyweight goat. Like yeah. an actual goat. That's goat. an heavyweight. I'm looking at Craig. His face is just going red. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Stag started laughing and I hadn't considered it. Nothing, oh. nothing, nothing wrong with a heavyweight goat. <laughs> so Alex Volkanovski's beaten Max twice. We think that's good enough to get him in the power rankings. So we're going to put Alex Volkanovski at number five. Any problems, boys, so far? No, none from me. None from you. Stoney? Uh, all clear from we, just down the we road. We're comfortable with Stipe and Alex. I'm going to raise an objection. Yep, go for it. Uh, I feel it's been, it's been a couple of weeks now since um, Volk Holloway. Mm-hmm. If we're basing this off um, hype or like media machine, I don't. I think Alexander Volkanovsky has kind of fallen off the radar yep. at the moment. Yeah, I don't. I think that the the MMA crowd in particular is a fickle bunch. I think that they're very, very what's hot, what's like what's in front of them now. Yep. And I haven't seen since that fight because it wasn't a finish and because it wasn't a blowout. I haven't seen Alexander Volkanovsky's name peaking much interest recently. Um, so I'm, I'm going to dissent. I'm going to say that I, I, I'd probably put him in my top 10, but I don't think I'd put him in my top five. Okay, cool. Podcast has been around for six weeks, so I'm just picking up some of the uh, slack from the last <laughs> six weeks, Craig. So We haven't heard who's who's above him, Craig. Like, let, Let's just it's hear true. it out. No. Number yeah. six, I'm taking Amanda Rebus. Who does not love Amanda Rebus? It was a huge win she had, and I'll just give you a little audio of why we love Amanda Rivas. It was the belly down arm bar. I know you're excited to see this. Pahupa's excited to see it as well. Oh, yes. Talk us through the finish if you would, young lady. Well, uh, I need to move more my hips. Oh, my, my, oh, my boobs. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I, I, I can't describe myself. Now I'm just emotional. I'm That's sorry. okay. That's quite all right. This is your uh, So that was Amanda Rivas. We loved her interviews. Everything pre-fight and after fight was fantastic from Amanda Rebus and she's on an absolute streak. So I think a nice spot, number six for Amanda Rebus in our in our rib power rankings. I'm going to skip number seven and I'm going to go to number eight, which I'm going to actually chuck Fight Island into number eight. I thought Fight Island served its purpose. So I'm going to put that into our power rankings at number eight. Finally, this is a quite recent one, but I'm also going to chuck in there at number 10 just because it's really topical at the moment. Dana White versus Oscar De La Hoya. Finally, last one. I'm a good friend of yours. Oscar De La Hoya has announced he's coming out of retirement to box again. I just wondered if you had any... Cocaine isn't cheap. It's expensive. You gotta make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we all heard it there. So the feud continues. So I felt like that was good enough to slip into number 10. I don't know how long it's going to stay there for, but just out of the five, I know Craig's got some problem with Volk. 
now I've explained the rules to him a little bit better. He's probably he's probably okay with it a little bit more. But have I missed anything just in those five? Mm. I would say a firm no from me. Who is there? Someone you'd grab and put into that power rankings right now that could feature in the we're, next episode? We're talking. We're talking trending. Trending Craig, discussions. Stop making me explain <laughs> to you how this thing works. Just roll you'd with have it. To ch- you'd have to chuck John Jones in there, right? Mate, possibly. Possibly John Jones is a yeah. definite power Biggest ranking option. Biggest news of 2020, I'd say. Yep. <laughs> so number one. <laughs> <laughs> Firmly. Anyway, the idea is let's create some good debate amongst the community. I know that rib community is starting to get really deep, which is good. But the boys will bring some power rankings uh, from week on week, which should be fun. It might go for a little bit too long if Craig's involved. Run it back. Power rankings. We'll find out who was number one <laughs> next week on the podcast. <laughs> boys. I cannot wait to... Uh, that's a segment I just cannot wait to see what Craig does next. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find a way to hate on John Jones somewhere in there, I'm sure. Uh, boys, we're going to run into Hot Take. Segways are plenty. John Jones vacates the lightweight belt and eyes a heavyweight battle with Stipe. Boys. Uh uh, I'd be highly aroused for that fight. Uh, I think John Jones has kind of done everything he can in the lightweight division, even though there would be some good fights there. Um, heavyweight battle, Stipe, get around it, boys. I'd I'd pay for that. Look, I'd certainly pay for it. Uh, I, I don't think Johnny Jones deserves to, to leapfrog Francis. I think Francis has to fight for that one next. But then, boy, I'd love to see John Jones and Francis for the heavyweight, assuming that, that Nagano might get it done second time round with Stipe. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't see how you can throw John Jones in after the run that Francis has had since that first fight. Short of a rematch with Dominic Reyes, I think that this is probably the best move for John Jones. I completely agree with Snowdy. Give Francis his fight with Stipe. Give John Jones Derek Lewis. I reckon that is an interesting stylistic matchup for him. <laughs> Bellator's Valerie Lareda finished. Tara Graf gathered more than 11 million views after her knockout, then signed an extension straight afterwards. Oh, look, well done. I think knockout was a doozy one from Snags, and uh, she's going to go make bank off the back of it. So let's hope to see a couple more fights in the next couple of months. Absolutely. Followed Valerie for a while on the, the Insta. Big fan of Valerie's fighting ability, DL. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh, also a big fan of Valerie's Insta, and you can look at me like that. I can't think of another 2-0 fighter who's got more clout behind her before this fight. Uh, and it was a lot because of uh, the Insta and, and Stony Stoney's obsession with it. So um, obviously it's worked for her. Hopefully she's got a nice, uh, a nice contract extension with Bellator. Uh, and this could be a star that uh, Bellator really, really rides to the bank. Sugar Sean, after his loss to Cheeto, said on his podcast, The Timbo and Sugar Show, he's not that good. That he's not that good? Like Sugar Sean's not that good? No, the Cheeto's not that good. Ah. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to really see the the extent of that comment because that fight was um, in its early stages when the injury happened and then he rolled his ankle as well. So 
I think, you know, they were working each other out at the start of that fight. I was disappointed that he obviously got injured. Uh, seen as my long-lost stepbrother. But uh, fingers crossed they come back and they run that one back, to be honest. Yeah, look, I'm undecided on this one, DL. But what I do know is what's not that good is leaving on a stretcher. And I'm glad that Cody Garbrandt uh, pointed that out on Twitter. I'm going to go against, yeah, um, podcast favourite Sugar Sean O'Malley here. Um, I think that he's handled this loss probably about as bad as you can handle a loss. I think he should have taken it on the chin and grown from it, but instead he's turned to Tweeter. Tweeter? <laughs> it's a Tweeter. That's from American Pie. Remember that, dude? It's a Tweeter. Tweeter. <laughs> he has turned to Twitter. Uh, and use his words rather than uh, his fighting ability. Um, and I think he probably should stop and then come back later. A punter dropped 25k on the dollar seven favor at Agapova, but was upset by underdog Shana Dobson, which got me thinking: What's the most money you've lost on a single bet, Snags? Uh, look, I will not preface this story, but recently in a in a punters club with some of the boys, uh, I lost. What was it four hundred or six hundred? What were we up to? Four hundred. Four hundred seventy-five. Yeah, it was about four hundred bucks on a game that will be named <laughs> a little bit after. I'm pretty sure. Starting, <laughs> mate. Dio, you know me. I'm fairly conservative and safe better, uh, but did drop two fifty on Connor to beat Khabib, and obviously went down. Understand that that in hindsight was a terrible bet, but you know you stand by it. You learn from these experiences. What did you get him at? Uh, well, he was a favourite as well. I can't oh. even remember, but he 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 was the favourite. Statman. So obviously, um, recently we've taken to betting on table tennis. Um, <laughs> naturally, degenerates. I think. I think naturally, like when I say the the the, the runner back boys are betting on table tennis, you probably you're sitting at home or driving in your car, going, "Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes complete sense." So basically, we 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 dropped a fair bit of money on table tennis and we lost. The origin of it is actually where my biggest loss comes from. A few years back, I actually got big into betting on tennis. Took fifty bucks, bet it on a dollar thirty favorite. Take the winnings, bet it on another dollar thirty favorite. You keep going. You withdraw every now and again to like make sure that you you cover your losses. And eventually, I was betting five and a half thousand dollars on some Ukrainian <laughs> tennis player halfway across the world at three a.m. at uh, three p.m. on a Tuesday, <laughs> watching it, watching bet three six five read me out the. The results is he went down in straight sets to some fuckwit from Finland. <laughs> Um, so yeah, five and a half grand is probably the most I've bet oh I've lost in a single go. And, and do- doesn't even sound bitter about it either. Nah, I can't <laughs> believe you brought this up, Snags. Jesus. You did get a good takeaway from that though. Yeah, didn't I you? did actually. Yeah. So, uh, the system that I had, cause it's a, it's an amazing foolproof system. Basically the every seven, system. every seven bets you, you withdraw a sum. So after the first seven, you get your initial deposit back after the seven, after that you get you're getting into some serious money because that's just how like compounding interests go. Uh, I ended up getting 2500 bucks back. Shortly before my $5,500 loss, I managed to uh, propose to my partner in a helicopter above Sydney Harbour. So it was pretty nice. But, um, yeah. and that was, that was I was, I was just going to do it by a lake somewhere. But, so the, the, Upgrade. The, the, the helicopter was much nicer. <laughs> but 
Still 5500 bucks on some Ukrainian bloke who are, whose name I can't remember, and he's lucky I can't remember it. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Well. The boys have had some fun lately on the old uh, table tennis. Yeah, run. when's that? When uh, do we get to that? A bit of darts seven? as well. No, I think the most has gone on that systems after game five, yeah, isn't it? No, no, game six. We 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 lost on we lost on the seventh game in the first run that we did. Um, mm. So yeah, that was, it was actually a fair bit of money. I can pull up the the account. No, and please don't. Yeah, rather it's a fair bit of money that we're on that one. Right. But, you know, if anyone wants to jump aboard the Statman system, let the running back crew know because you can firmly jump in with this next Absolutely. time we have a roll. Let's go for I'm it. I've got to say, just just to jump in, I had a bit of sympathy when he said the. 5,500 and then I heard that he proposed in a helicopter and you know suddenly I thought he'd, he'd, you know, he's got enough money surely yeah, the system works well the system works DL can I just throw a, th- a few in there they're yeah. not uh, the most I've, I've lost but a couple of crazy ones I once put one dollar on a 16,000 to one Ooh. NBA bet and lost by one leg oh. that was in the 2018-19 season at the start of the year I put money on all of the awards that you possibly could. So MVP, I put it on Antetokounmpo, uh, point scoring leader James Harden, uh, sixth man of the year. I'm th- pretty sure I went on, and I can't remember his name. He was a Houston fella. Uh, fairly, he was a, a short price favorite. He was the the one short leg I had. Um, Toronto Raptors that for the championship. So at the start of the year, they were paying you know uh, quite a lot. They they certainly weren't in the mix. It was actually Anthony Davis for Defensive Player of the Year. And you'll recall that he got to the All-Star break and then threw in the towel because he was wanting that trade to the Lakers. It didn't, wasn't oh, forthcoming. That's right. um, so he sat out the, the back two months of that season and who knows what could have been. But it's, yeah, 16,000 to, to one. That, that was one that will you know, haunt me for a long time. Uh, that's insane. Another bit of a doozy one. I put on uh, Donald Trump to win the 2016 election, and I paired that with Vitor Belfort to beat uh, Musasi at UFC 204, thinking that Vitor will get it done, but Donald Trump probably <laughs> won't. And in the end, <laughs> it was the Republican who came through for me and that the Brazilian who let me down. So there are a couple of you know unique bets that I've lost, but obviously not huge amounts on those ones. That's brilliant. Well, I'm just lucky that. Uh, my wife doesn't listen to our podcast. She'd fucking kill me if she knew I was betting on table tennis. <laughs> yeah, firmly agreed. <laughs> anyway, boys, we might move on and we'll go into a leaderboard update. Had some interesting results le- recently and the podcast missed one of these. Card. So we had, well, we had two actually. So it's the Whitaker versus Till card. I got two. Snags got two. Statman got three. And Stoney got three. So the boys were dueling out. And the Statman and Stoney, unfortunately for me and Snags, they both got bonus points out of that card. So a bit rough on the old boys there. UFC 252. Uh, so that was the most recent card that we had, which we'll, we'll, we'll break down a little bit, like slightly after this. But we won't waste too much time. I only got two on that card. Snags picked up three. Statman picked up three. And our leader, Stoney. Only the one on 252, mate. What happened? Ooh. Ooh. Th- that's rough. Until you mentioned that, I didn't realise I went so bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's disappointing. Um, obviously, I need to start getting my head back in the game. You see this with Conor McGregor. You know, you, you get too far ahead of the game and you get distractions and you take you <laughs> off the prize and someone like Statman just emerges out of nowhere and... You know, it's time for me to get focused again and, yeah, get get back in it. But you're still holding that lead quite nicely. But it's shrunk down to two. So from bringing it from the rear is old snags. DL with 45. Don't mind it if I do. That's all right. 
So Snags on 45, DL's on 48, Statman 52, and Stony 54. So well done, mate. It's quite a big gap starting to open up. And also, I just want to throw in there, I've been on the Statman for at least 16 weeks now. And when I, when I hedged my bets on the Statman, everyone laughed at me. We're not laughing now. This man <laughs> is a serious contender. Conspiracy. <laughs> anyway, boys, we've got a couple of talking points from your C252, but we won't spend too much time on it. We did mention it early in the podcast. We talked about big goats. Now, what did we talk about? Huge goats? Heavy, heavyweight, heavyweight goats. goats. Heavyweight goats. So heavyweight goat. Do we think Stipe is, is a heavyweight goat? I, I, I can't list him as the heavyweight goat. Um, I think at the moment, Fedor Emelianenko is still the heavyweight goat. The reason being, Stipe probably has the best resume and the best consistency, but he's the most beatable of the people who I think should be counted amongst the heavyweight goats. And I don't think you can have the heavyweight goat be considered a person who you can see as like, I would put him near even odds with Francis Ngannou. I'd put him at near even odds with John Jones. And when you had Fedor Emelianenko going off, he was, he was Ronda Rousey level odds. He was eight plus uh, like minus 800 minus 900. Yes. His level of competition was probably weaker. Stipe is fighting much better competition, but he he doesn't seem as far ahead of the pack as the other heavyweight goats that are in contention. So uh, his record speaks for itself. He is a fantastic fighter, but heavyweight goat, I do not know if that is the case just yet. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I'm going to throw it out to the boys. Do we need to have a heavyweight goat? Or not heavyweight. Do we need to have a goat in every division? Because for me, I think, you know, we're talking greatest of all time. Not only do they need that resume that the stat man is talking about with, with Stipe, but they need to have an aura. They need to have a, a feeling of invincibility. And I just I just don't get that with Stipe. So, you know, following on from the stat man, I copy a lot of his picks. So I'm going to copy his uh, response on this too. Look, it's hard for me to say he's the greatest of all time, although he's probably got, you know, it's hard to argue against his resume, but he just doesn't, he's just missing something for me to sign off and say, yep, hands down, the greatest of all time. Khabib, like... Khabib Nurmagomedov, like that dude exudes that f- that terrifying nature. He does. He does. It's like when you're talking, I think we talked on the live stream we did, we talked about Tiger Woods, uh, an athlete that transcends the sport. That's when, if you, that's when people put Connor into a goat situation where they're like, who transcends the sport? Conor McGregor transcends the sport. Serena Williams. Serena Williams transcends her sport. Michael Jordan transcends his sport. It's 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 a good it's a good argument to have, but I I agree we probably don't need a heavyweight goat. I reckon there's just got to be one goat, just like a big goat, one goat of MMA. But there's been many over the times when you think about it. like the recent rumor mill, um, GSP versus Khabib. If that was to go ahead, like that's two goats. I think if you put together the stats, it was something like they both been undefeated for seventeen years or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a fight like that would be interesting A goat off I would call it uh, <laughs> Like bang heads yeah. Two people won't be bloody marrying in each other That's for sure They'll be banging heads as they would say so. Yeah I agree with Stoney on that I reckon one goat, one goat only Like for example women's division Nunes Easy mm, clear. Even even if Khabib and, and GSP throw down Let's assume Khabib takes, takes that Does it actually answer anything? For me it's a firm no Like I, I still I agree you know, you, you can put fighters in past their prime and, you know, it'll always have that asterisk. On the other hand, if GSP took the win, I think 
you know, that would be much more compelling. But I kind of don't want to see that fight just for that reason. Similar to why I never want to see Anderson Silva and GSP when they were both well past their prime because to me that settled absolutely nothing in that debate. So, um, yeah, and another good one, we, we won't get into it, but the, the um, 145 goat, I think that's a fascinating discussion and maybe uh, let's bookmark that for another talking yeah. point somewhere down the line. Yeah, I like that. I don't want to drag this one on too long. I, I completely agree with Stoney. I think like GSP probably hit his prime in 2009, 2010 almost. That's like 10 years ago. So I agree that um, while it'd be another na- nice name for Khabib's record, um, having a th- uh, having a victory over 36-year-old GSP who's only competed once in the last six years is probably not necessarily the way to do it. Um, very, very interesting concept, but we'll see. we'll see where it lands. Um, we might just do this one quickly, but I don't know if it decided the outcome, but eye pokes. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get around it, boys. Nah, I'm only joking. Uh, look, it was pretty doozy one. Yeah. Weekend, but I don't know if they can avoid do, it. Do we um, need to look at the MMA, glove design, like, though? Yeah, but what are you going to do? Put padding on the end of the thing? How then you fight the hands when you're in a sub? How do you try to get... Are the UFC you know, the gloves the different neck? to the Bellator gloves and the one championship They, they are different, yeah. There's a few different glove designs around. I don't want to... I I don't have the exact... I think it's Duke Rufus, but I'm not 100% sure. But there is a MMA trainer that has a glove design that covers the fingers to the, to the, t- uh, the top knuckle. Uh, so it still allows like perfect... Uh, maneuverability during grappling but it doesn't uh, it, it kind of forces your hand to curve a little bit so you're not like striking with outstretched fingers now the UFC want exclusivity rights with their glove design and they won't sign off unless he sells the design to them I think it's Duke Griffiths I probably should fact check this before I say it but a a highly touted MMA coach has this glove design and the UFC won't use it until they can get exclusive rights and he's not selling it. The UFC glove design cuts off below the first knuckle. Finger pokes, they almost decided the first DC Stipe fight. Um, A lot of people attribute DC's win in that fight to the glove design. Um, The finger poke in Stipe's eye changed the fight irrevocably worked against him this fight dc landed a nice finger poke in the first couple of rounds and i was like see dc always pokes in the eye and then stipe got him back with like a disgusting disgusting uh finger poke in the eye and who knows to what extent that that affected the actual fight outcome but until you change either the foul rule or the glove design you're going to see it every now and again you have to either get the the give the the refs the ability to say all right a groin strike or an eye poke, regardless of intent, the first one is always a one-pointed deduction, regardless of intent, or you change the design around the, the gloves, the cups, permanently. Otherwise, they're just going to keep happening. How many eye pokes has John Jones got away with? How many eye pokes has DC gotten away with? Not to constantly shit on John Jones. I love DC, but he pokes every motherfucker in the eye. Mm. It's going to keep happening until a fundamental change in the game happens, either glove design or fouling related. Mm. Finger poker doom, boys. Mate, it would be terrible. I wear contacts constantly. Um, I wouldn't wear them in a fight, obviously, but can you imagine how bad it would be to be in a fight for your life against the best fighters in the world and have 25% vision or or 50% vision, even 75% vision Mm. against a killer like Stipe Miocic? With one eye, like, 
completely dead. Yeah, or... yeah I'd be definitely going for the iPerks <laughs> early. <one. laughs> exactly. Well, you might as well because you don't get penalised for it. Your first iPerks free. Uh, even Jesus, second this iPerks free. Craig, Sammy, you need to settle down. This reminds me when you talk about John Jones. <laughs> we might, we might, we might move. move on. We might move yeah. on. Sorry, look, dear, I, I took that as a. Yeah, a firm, um, you know, swat at John Jones again. Um, DL, as, as a facilitator for this podcast, I want you to do something okay. about this. <laughs> cut him yeah, off, we'll, man, seriously. We'll, we'll talk about this later, stat man. I'm sorry, boys. Do we, do we want to see a Sugar Sean versus Cheeto too? Quick one from Snags, yes. Quick one from Stoney. Really, really do not care. Um, you know, it, it didn't end the you know, the way that we wanted to see it, but, you know, if they go on to different different fighters, it, it doesn't really matter. I wasn't that aroused by that fight, to be honest, anyway. Um, if they line Sugar Sean when he heals up with someone else, um, you know, it is what it is. But what I, I really want to say, Sugar Sean against uh, ranked or even borderline ranked opponents, I think that's where we're going to see the true test and, and we hadn't seen that before. Um, so, so long as he gets a good opponent, um, you know, I don't care who, who it is or what their name is. I'd be about it personally. I think um, for the UFC is probably the worst case scenario. Sugar Sean loses a bit of his mystique because he has that one on his record. Cheeto Vera doesn't get the bonus from defeating Sugar Sean because everyone just says, oh, it was just his leg was injured, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I think a run back would be probably the best case for both fighters. Um, Sugar Sean gets a chance at redemption. Cheeto Vera actually gets maybe some credit for a victory if he can get the victory. Um, and I think that's probably the best case scenario. Okay, boys, and we're going to look ahead quickly to USC 253, just shaping up to be a nice card. Undisclosed location at the moment, but there's five New Zealand fighters on that fight. Not that that means anything, because um, it's probably going to be in America, in Apex Centre, but you never know, you never know. So looking ahead to USC 243, Arasanya Costa. Boys, I just thought for something different, let's just take some early predictions on this one. Snags. Uh, first prediction uh, would be that it's going to be in Tasmania, <laughs> as I've previously said on the podcast. The mayor's in, bringing uh, it in. Running for mayor again in 2021. How's that uh, campaign so going? I'd love to see. Uh, mate, it's going good. It's going good. It's going to be even better when we sign this fight, boys. Um, I'm going to go great fight, but I'll go with my boy Izzy. Our boy Izzy, sorry. Yeah, look, firstly, I'd like to congratulate Sugar Sean on keeping the cases relatively low down in Tasmania. <laughs> a phenomenal feat that, well um, you know, certainly Thank you, appreciate well my state hasn't accomplished. Don't know. Do like Izzy, but there's something just about Izzy that's just rubbing me the wrong way. But look, uh, early predictions, I think Izzy's going to, you know, maintain that space. I think he's going to avoid the, the big power strikes. That's what I think. But it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he gets a little bit of a touch up in this one. So. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to give away my prediction just yet, DL, because Ooh. I've got two boys watching on the other cameras and, you know, they're <laughs> taking notes. So I'm not, not going to fall into that trap. I know that was a, a nice little setup on your behalf. <laughs> I'm not a coward like Stoney, um, so I'll <laughs> jump out with my prediction. Um, I reckon Paulo Costa is going to attack ferociously against Israel Adesanya, who is a great counter-striker. So I think unlike the Yoel Romero fight, we'll see plenty of action. I see Adesanya being able to um, get something happening on the Paulo Costa fight. I'm I'm going to predict Adesanya, I reckon, um, and I'm really excited for the first UFC light heavyweight champion who is not John Jones or Daniel Cormier, and I think it's since 2011 uh, when Reyes versus Blachowski fight. Black Black Blachowski, Blackowicz. Oh, nice. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'll have to like UFC fight class it. So find out how he. Good this That's a bad this thing is a first. I've never <laughs> yeah, seen this ever. 
black, either, but black, just throwing black, it out there. Black a week. Uh, Estonia, Estonia would like to welcome you to the Tasmanian cabinet. Oh. Your cautiousness has you promoted to health minister <laughs> in Tasmania. So welcome, my friend. You won't see. Looking forward to working with you. Yeah, I, I live to give, so you've made a good selection right there. <laughs> awesome, great. I have to find a spot for you on the panel, dear. Sorry, yeah. mate. We'll keep working on no, that. That's right. I'll find my niche. Uh, boys, what we might do now is maybe jump into a little prediction. But first, what I thought we'd do is just have a little quick recap from our newsbreaker. Breaking news with Stoney. That's right, boys. It's uh, normally breaking news. This week, it's recapping the news. Obviously, we've had a little bit of a break on the podcast, so just a couple of stories that wanted to get the boys' thoughts on. The first one we, we just covered, so obviously, Adesanya Costa, big fight that just got announced. Speaking of big fights, one that I'm really excited to watch go down, everyone's favourite Republican, Colby Covington and Jerome Woodley. Now, this is one that's been in the making for, I would say, a good 18 months and just never seems to get done. A lot of uh, jostling on both sides, saying he wouldn't sign, he wouldn't sign. Don't know about you boys, but I'm really excited this one has got signed. It's been announced. Uh, I get the Woodley's, you know, he's looked underwhelming in his last two fights. Uh, even though Colby dropped the Usman fight, he's looked pretty phenomenal in his last couple of fights. But there's genuine bad blood, and if the stat man knows me, he knows I love a good feud, and I'm really looking forward to this one. And if more than the fight, I'm looking forward to the lead into this one because I think there's going to be a lot of trash talk both ways. Uh, Woodley's going to drop some of those lines from his latest album. Colby, <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see what he's got in store, what his next gimmick is. But really excited for that one. So keen to get the boys' take in just a minute on that. I've got to give a shout out. Breaking news with Stoney has never had a loss up until now. So oh. for a good 10 months, we had an undefeated streak DL. Brett Okamoto couldn't do it, but Paige Van Zandt has done it. The boys will recall we predicted Paige Van Zandt would hang up oh, the gloves at the end of her UFC contract, and that would be it. She would yeah, turn to that. Insta modeling or OnlyFans. We didn't know what it was, but we we definitely didn't predict bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> this one's hit, hit me for six, and I'm keen to... Get the boys' take. How do we say that? Is that a wise choice from Paige or what is she trying to accomplish here? Over to you. Well, Stoney, firstly I'll say congratulations because, mate, she has hung up the gloves. She ain't wearing <laughs> the gloves anymore. Touche. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> so breaking news with Stoney comes through as per usual. <laughs> um, the number one newsbreaker in the business. You can go all the way back to I think that was maybe February, Jesus, Stoney. That's a long time It's ago. It's a long run and it's still it's a 39-day um Massacre we had over Brett Okamoto about uh, the Cejudo and Aldo fight, which evidently didn't end up happening, but let's not let that get in the way of the story. We broke it first when it was, you know, just on the cusp of being announced. And yeah, it, it took over a month before Brett uh, caught up to BNWS. Uh, but yeah, Paige, she's, she's got me, boys. Mate, I'm sure people back in the day too would have been like, she's definitely not hanging up the gloves. Well, I stand corrected, fans, because she has. <laughs> Personally, like, I think that obviously she's. Her striking's probably not her main focus. Mm. Maybe what she wants to, like, base her entire existence on. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it would be in the bare-knuckle boxing, the organisation's best interest to put her against absolute cans for the first couple of, couple of fights. Um, Paige Van Zandt is still a name. She still has a huge social media following, so... Chuck her against some cans, let her get some easy victories. But she's, I wouldn't say primarily a submission-focused fighter, but her striking is not 
elite level uh, and it's a dangerous profession to get into if you like the configuration of your face, um, which uh, PVZ has every right to. So cautiously pessimistic on this one. That's the best way to put it. I think she's just trying to prove something. Um, I think the, yeah. the main quote out of it, I'm not just a pretty face. Um, she wants yeah. to be known as a fighter. Every meme came out from that. The best way to go to wreck a pretty face is to, to bare knuckle box. But um, you know, good luck to her. She's going to get some good money out of it. I think it's the contract's north of a mil. I think it's huge money. Yeah. Oh my god! So if it's north north to a mil, three to four fights, four fights maybe. I think it's four fights. You know, and they'll get a lot, a lot of air from that. So well done for the promotion for signing air and hey, good luck, Paige. I reckon she should get on the. I reckon she should get on the boys' table tennis run next oh, time. <laughs> Cash to burn. And what do we think, boys? Yeah, the the other fight, so the big one. I'll say this one's the main event. Uh, Colby Covington at Tyrone Woodley. How do we feel about that? I think you were being very, very, very um, kind to Tyrone Woodley by saying that he had been somewhat disappointing in his last couple of fights. Um, he, he hasn't looked like anything like the Tyrone Woodley that came up through Strike Force and made his debut into the UFC. Um, even the Tyrone Woodley that got the title. Um, Colby Covington, uh, despite losing his last fight, and, and despite having a personality that I cannot stand whatsoever, has looked amazing. Even in the Usman fight where he lost, he, he looked phenomenal. No one picked that fight to be amazing, but holy shit, that was an amazing fight. I think that if Tyron Woodley shows up even remotely like he does in his last four fights, I think he's, gonna, I, I think he's genuinely going to get wrecked. So... Um, uh, I mean, Covington could could potentially eventually make a fan out of me, which is one of the four sides of the apocalypse. So I'm very, very scared. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, look, I've got my boy Colby. I'm coming around to him. I like the gimmick, to be honest. Reminds me a bit of myself. A bit of a cross between Snags and Stoney, I think. So, uh, Zero Snags, roll plenty on. of Stoney. Mate, don't ruin Colby. He's nothing like you. He's Sorry? nothing like Where's you. Different? Nothing. I'm pretty sure he's a four-star white belt. Nothing. No, he's <laughs> <laughs> DL, cut this segment right now. Let's move on. Just quickly, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Woodley fan, but I think Covington uh, has is probably going to take this one. So unfortunately, four straight white belt for the win, baby. But boys, we might jump into predictions. Just we're just looking at the two fights. Obviously, our comeback podcast. So we just wanted to delve a little bit into a card. Uh, so we're just going to take this one, and Statman's going to take us through the two fights. Cool. So we head to UFC Vegas 8 um, and we head into the co-main event. We've got the welterweight bout between Robbie Lawler and Neil Magny. Robbie Lawler has had only one other year-long-plus layoff uh, and it ended with him being submitted by Ben Askren in 2019. Lawler is a man who performs better when he's active. In calendar years where he fights three plus times, he is 18 and three. Otherwise, he is 10, 11 and one. Um, and I do see the trend continuing. It's been a little while between drinks before uh, for Robbie Lawler. He's getting up in age. He's 39 years old. Um, he's fighting Neil Magny, who I have been running for about the last six or seven years as potentially a big factor in the welterweight division. Uh, it seems that every time he gets close to the top, he, he loses spectacularly. Um, I am taking Neil Magny in this fight by decision. I think it is a gutsy uh, brawl. I think Robbie Lawler brings it. 
I just think that he's probably lost a little bit. Finally, age has caught up to him, and Neil Magny should be able to take this one. Yeah, look, I, I have to agree. Neil Magny, someone I've not tipped against on the podcast. Let the record show that, boys. Uh, you all tipped against him against Lee Jingling at UFC 248. He, he then touched up Rocco Martin. Uh, I really like him. He, and the reason I really do like him, I heard him, he was mentioned uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. We're going back five or maybe four or five years as being someone that was just regarded as one of the best fighters in the world, but just hasn't been able to put it together on the big stage. But they say behind closed doors, this guy is as good as anyone. And I thought I'm going to take notice of this man and just see what he's all about. And, you know, for the most part, I, I've his wins really stand out. Um, you know, I absolutely accept what the stat man said that he he falters when he gets close to the the big stage. I know he's got a loss to uh, Rafael dos Santos and, and a couple more in there, but every every time I see him fight, I'm impressed by this guy. The way that he just maintains distance in the octagon, he he's solid. I just think everywhere. I just can't see this fight going any other way than a Neil Magny win. How good would it be to see Robbie Lawler get up though? It would be fantastic. It would be so good. Me too. Like Neil Magny's coming off. I don't think he was. Amazing in his last fight, but got the decision. Uh, the fight before that, he also got the decision. But his his skill set's too far great for Robbie Lawler. The, I think the Ks are on the clock for Robbie. It would be a ama- I I would not be sad to lose this one, just to be smart and take it. Neil Magny. Are we do, are we doing predictions on this? Like finish? Yeah, oh, we can. Uh, I'll take a dis- I'll take decision. Yeah. Decision. Yeah. Yep, working our way back, I'll, I'll take decision as well on that. Kragos, where did you go? Yeah, I went decision. Well, Snags won to buck the trend and never go to the safe <laughs> option. Go and roll Robbie Laura, boys. <laughs> Ruthless Robbie going to bring one back for Snags. Uh, when you're this far behind the lead, boys, and no decision is unacceptable. So I'm going to go Robbie Laura, Lawler, round three, TKO. It's not, a, it's not a bad pick, honestly. Like I know Robbie it's not. That's why is, I went it. Is a, is a dog, but... Um, don't call him a dog while on podcast. It was a complimentary dog. He's a junkyard dog. dog. A junkyard it, dog. It was a, it was a complimentary He's a savage. Dog. He's a dog in this He's fight. Savage. Well, He's a dog. He's a if dog. Snags gets up on this one, bloody hell, send home the bookies. Move on to the main event of the evening. We've got Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rechik in the light heavyweight division. One of the craziest things about Anthony Smith is just how long he's been in the game. He's actually got 48 professional fights. The first 30 fights of his career ended before the final bell with only two coming after round two. Um, The man has experience beyond what you would normally expect from him. In saying that, I do think that Alexander Rejcik takes this fight. Um, I don't expect it to be... Uh, like a one-sided affair or anything like that, but I do see Alexander Rechik taking it in, I'm going to say, the the second round with a KO. Um, I think that the Glover Tashira fight with Anthony Smith, which we spoke about at length after the fact, might have shaved some longevity off Anthony Smith's career. Um, I think that was a fight that could have been stopped maybe four rounds earlier than it was to definitely three rounds earlier than it was. And it just kept going. So couple that with Anthony Smith's run in with the home intruder. I have to think that Anthony Smith is probably looking for a quiet end to his 20, uh, 2020 finish. So um, I'm taking, I'm taking um, Alexander Rechik via second round TKO. 
Look, I called it on the potty. I think the home invader did a number on on Anthony. He's he's just looking. Uh, you know, I don't throw this around lightly. He's looking putrid uh, at the minute, and I can't for the life of me, you know, even entertain the thought of him winning this fight. So, uh, I'm I'm going to go one better. I'm going to go round one to Alexander, um, and I'm going to throw it out there even further. I, I'm never going to pick Anthony Smith again for as long as this <laughs> podcast runs. So, I don't care. Oh, he, he could be matched up with Sugar Sean in an unlosable <laughs> event, and I'm still going with. My man, Sugar Sean. Was it the Glover fight or was it the Home Invader fight? That, it's just a, it's just a string of bad fights. You know, he's had a lot of losses lately, both in inside and outside. And you know, I'm off him. You know, I wish him well, but you know, I, I don't think this game's for him. As you say, he's 48, 48 professional fights. He, he doesn't look like someone with that that level of experience. And even in the the Glover fight, it's not like he was fighting a, a young up and comer who's about to take over the division. He's fighting someone who's you know he he's got big experience himself, but he's also been made to look, you know, second rate at times. And I know that's a big call for Glover Texture, but um, yeah, Anthony Smith just looked a level below. And, and you know, it's you don't often see the difference being that big uh, at this level. Well, uh, boys, a bit of background on that from Stoney's pick. Stoney actually had the, um, he actually had uh, Anthony Smith against the home invader in his multi and he had Smith <laughs> as the winner. So he's still filthy that the home invader got up and uh, he's ruined his multi. That's why he's so filthy on him. But Stoney, touche my friend, well played. Boys, I'm going to be pretty boring here. I'm going to go exactly the same as the stat man. I also like the second round KO as well to be the same as the stat man. Take a little bit of Stoney's work. Uh, see if it can help me uh, get I'll back into the game. see what's going on here. Back in the game. I'll see what's going on You're here. You're just going straight straight my picks the entire card deal. Yeah, mate. Interesting. It's an interesting concept. It's worked for some. So I'm also going to put a little bit of money on uh, Snags. Uh, no gee. Oh, <laughs> agree, family. Oh, no, yeah, no. gay. Oh, you want to get oh, him in the gay? I think I'd have okay. more chance in the gay. <laughs> Scarf choke, my friend. <laughs> Bow and arrow choke, my friend. Um, look, boys, I'm going to go not the same round, but I'm going to go uh, round three TKO just to be different from the boys. Um, we're going to get the same pick. I don't think Smith will get this done. So, uh, Snags, round three TKO. Doesn't look good for our... No. Smith. I like Anthony Smith quite, uh, like quite a lot. I think he's. I think he's. A, he seems like a nice enough fella. He seems down to earth. He seems relatively intelligent. Um, but with like close to fifty fights, including the beating that he took, I think that was what was hardest about the Glover Teixeira fight. Knowing the amount of abuse that he's gone through, plus seeing like what an intelligent uh, analyst that he could possibly make in the future. Watching him take such unnecessary damage in that fight, that was probably the hardest fight I've had to watch. And, and it's made me just kind of hope that he loses nice and quick and he maybe realises that MMA has kind of passed him and he's got a future outside of MMA. Um, I'm not saying that he, he's, he's done completely. I just kind of hope that he is um, so he can get out with, with the cognitive ability that he still has left. Nice. Well, boys, we're coming to the end of the podcast. We're moving into another newish segment. It's still the sugar value, but we got a little bit of feedback saying we're a little bit unrealistic with our sugar value, so people are <laughs> losing a little bit of cash. I don't know what, what they're talking know, about. Pff, it's disgusting. Uh, disgusting, these that. DMs. They, they got blocked, so that's unfortunate for them. <laughs> uh, so what we thought we'd do is have a bit of fun. Everyone likes a good punt. We want to be educated with our punts. So we're going to go around the boys. We're going to build a multi. We're going to actually put some money on this multi each weekend after a podcast. Then we're going to start a kitty and we're going to build that kitty up. So boys, I'm going to kick us off. Hey, 
So, boys, first leg for us on the Rib Punters Club. Uh, I'm actually going to take Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the Houston Rockets uh, in the series. That odds, it's kind of high. Uh, we're looking at around $5.50. But I've got some I've got some faith. Russell Westbrook's still out with a quad. Thunder got one back yesterday. Is tomorrow, I think, or the next day. So what are we? We're 2-1 we're down? We're 2-1 down. Yep. All right. I've got faith. All right. Yep. I'll chuck Ion Kudalaba. He's fight with Magomed Ankalev. Uh, it's the second meeting of the two. The first fight ended controversially. Um, with what I believe to be on faking an injury to lure Magomed in. The referee called the fight uh, with an abundance of caution. They've rebooked the fight. It's probably the worst stoppage that a referee's done in the last 10 years. Um, Ion's a heavy dog. He's $4.15. I'm taking him. I reckon he has the ability. If there was a market for it, I would be picking him um, to finish it by KO. However, sports bet at the, at, at the time of looking does not have a market for it. So I'm taking him straight at $4.15 to win this fight and adding it into the multi. Nice. I think it's a safe pick. What, what were the odds there, Statman? Ion is $4.15. Magomed is paying $1.22. Um, and a safe the pick? First fo- yeah, yeah, I reckon okay. it's a safe pick. The, the first fight they were, from memory quite close to even and the only difference between the last this fight and the last fight was Magomed got a bullshit victory um, so I'm, I'm taking eye on I reckon he'll come out with a with a bone to pick and a score to settle very good do we have some trending odds DL on what that, that looks like yeah it's 1992 at the moment sorry <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder Jesus. with $4.80 I got me I got me odds well. so they've shortened All right. <laughs> so can bring you bring a bit can, in. You, can you try to bring us something a little bit shorter Stoney <laughs> I can. I'm going to bring a bit of sense to this podcast. Didn't realise Statman was going to throw us a 4.15. Sure, Ben. I would have got the eye on if it was straight odds, man, honestly. An ironclad $4 plus. I love it. Um, Look, I'm going to bring you a bit of sense. We're going back to the Australian Footy League. We're going Sugar Snags' favourite club in the history of favourite clubs, the Geelong Cats, to beat the Western Bulldogs at the line of a negative 9.5. So $1.90 right there on the Geelong Cats to win by 10 points or more. Oh, you're taking the line. I like that. I, I thought you were going to bet on the rabbits. That's <laughs> <laughs> getting excited. Okay, boys, I've got an ultimatum for you. Uh, I've got a blue pill and a red pill. Uh, consensus in the room. One is a one is a safe bet and one is uh, the not favourite bet. So, Stoney, blue or, blue or red? Uh, blue. Blue? Is that man? I'll go blue. Oh, predictable. Copy. <laughs> blue. Uh, blue. <laughs> okay, well, blue it is, boys. Looks like we're going to the darts world. <laughs> darts. Oh, yeah, boy. Darts. Stay away from darts. Is man. it a dollar thirty? So, boys. No, it is not a dollar thirty. I've gone a bit bit heavier than dollar thirty, boys. Uh, so, I think we've actually bet on this man before, DL. Peter oh. Wright. Yeah, uh, boy. Premier League darts. He's playing on uh, Wednesday at six twenty-five. Paying dollar eighty-three. That's um, not bad. So he's a bit of a, a firm favourite for us. Dollar eighty-three. Yep, against uh, Glenn Durant. So not related to Kevin Durant, I don't think, and I hope not because he's got a good shot on him. So we'll see how we go. So I hope our boy Peter Wright gets up. Peter, if you're listening to the podcast, buddy, just just keep playing <laughs> for those. Is it nine dark game, mate? Nine dark game. That's what we're after from you. Do you want to know what the red pill was? Yeah, what was the red pill? Broncos over the Roosters, paying Ooh. eleven bucks. Oh, I'm glad we went with darts. 
<laughs> well, the first run at Back Punters Club multi is in the bag. <laughs> so we'll probably just put a tenner on there. Let's, we'll, we'll play smart about this. I'm $693 payout. So we'll, we'll boost it though. We'll boost it. <laughs> Sports bet will add a booster to $817. So if this gets well, up, hey, between we're, we're now rolling and, and when we place the bet, if Iron Cordoba gets a fit, like gets some markets in him, I'm absolutely going to push for you to put him on finish <laughs> because I reckon you he finishes this Wednesday. You got to place it before Wednesday because my bloke plays on. Ah, Wednesday that's night. true. That's true. Oh God, come on, sports bet. Got place now. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll get this organised and we'll put this up on our socials and everything as well. If you want to follow along or have a punt as well, um, we'll stick it up there. Someone tag Peter in it, please. Get him around the potty. Anyway, boys, that wraps up episode 31. If you like what we're doing, hit us up on all our socials. Please like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast. That's us for episode 31, boys. My name is Daniel. My name is Sugar Snags. My name is Craig. And my name is Tony. And we'll catch you all on the next Rona Back podcast. Nicely done. Can you what song can you play on the outro? Our intro? Our outro? Can you play... Welcome back from uh, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Do we have the rights for it? Do we don't need the rights, baby. Back, we don't make any money off these things anyway. We need to bet three six five sponsors. Yeah. Oh, we need. We We've need been talking sports betting the whole entire time we've been running this podcast. Yeah. And I, we've not had an email about sponsorship from a betting agency. Surely someone knows a connection. Oh, our boys. We, our, our boys from Punchless MMA, they know. Oh, we only want base and bonus bets. Let's go. Funny. Yeah. Hey, boys. That's it.